0: right into the triangle podcast for couch guy sports big al over there jared scally over here on twitter at into the triangle uh soon to be on itunes on spotify so we're kind of getting big time i guess there of course you can find all of our episodes on couchguysports.com well-written pieces every time by Big Al himself, so definitely check out the episode right from there. Uh, big show this week. Uh, first guest is coming on the show a little later. Um, his name is Evan Drelick of EEI, MLB Network, uh, formerly NBC Sports Boston. He might have dropped a small hint of what his next venture might be, so just if you want to listen to the interview, fast forward. It's in the middle. If not, we're here. We're talking Red Sox.
1: He also might have made fun of one of us uh, on the show about their uh, roots, but that's you know go go listen to the interview for that part.
0: Again, if you want to just listen, if you're here for Evangelic, that's okay. Just fast forward. If not, yeah. we're here. It's okay. Um, we're, we're Red Sox here. And we're ready to talk. <laughs> we got some stuff to talk about, man. Um, Red Sox finally won a freaking world, uh, series. That's great. Um, Jared, they
1: won the world series last year. Hold on. They won the world series last year. Let's, 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 let's put this into perspective, please. You I almost said world series. Know, I saw I it in your mouth. It.
0: I, I just want to live in the past because they're not playing well anymore. So I just want Stop to live living in the pa- I want past. We live. have to deal with this shitty team. I want to live on the duck boats. I want to be Jared Caravis. I'm sorry. Um, look, don't tell Steve Peralt that. Steve, if you're listening, just. Pass that part, please. Fast forward to Evandrelic. Um <laughs> Look, this team has gotten better, and as we record, they're in a the doubleheader with the Tigers, and they're playing like shit again, so who knows? Um, but we can talk about the last week, because there's stuff to talk about. Pedroia, on the shelf. Nathan Rivaldi under the knife. uh Blake Swihart, now an Arizona Diamondback. So there's stuff to talk about, uh despite the Red Sox not playing great. And so before we get to the Evandrelic interview, I want to just ask Al this one simple question. And then we'll get, we'll get you to the Evangelic himself. Are you less worried now than you were last week? And I'm, this is going to be a constant question on the show until they actually get to 500. And then I'll stop asking you the question. Um, but until then, every week, I'm going to make, I'm going to get like a worry meter going here for, for our uh, big Al over there. The worry meter last week seemed like it was at like a four or a five. Where is it now?
1: As far as the worry meter right now, I'm going to say honestly, it's at about a six. Okay. It, it's starting to get up there. And you would think that it would have been decreased because of the race series because they actually looked good and they swept the best team in the American League East. But then all of a sudden they're playing the shitty Tigers and they not only lose game one with Chris Sale on the mound who actually pitched half decent, but now they're losing the nightcap and it looks like they're just going back to where they were a couple of weeks ago. It's disgusting. It's morbid. I hate it. And I want to live in the past like you, Jared, but we have to talk about this shitty team right now. I can't stand it.
0: I want to see. I, I see now. I'm torn because it, what what are you gonna be like when they get to a ten on that panic meter? And the panic meter, mind you, guys, ten would be like seasoned over by May, like like John Farrell last place years. Like that's a ten panic meter in my eyes. So if we get to that point. This Red Sox podcast might very quickly turn into a, um, maybe a Brooklyn Nets podcast to rival a Phoenix Suns podcast that we know so well. So, um, <laughs> we, we might start turning into something like that because
1: I, I might just not even show up for an episode. I might just take an episode off and just be like, Jared, it's all you. I can't handle this. I, I you're going to have to bitch to somebody else about this team because I can't handle it, but let's hope it doesn't get to that point. I've
0: done my fair share of solo shows. Um, so it might have to happen if I get to that point, which it sounds like it might the way this team's rolling. Okay before we we have a lot of topics to get to deep breaths um we talked we talked to Evan Drellick a little bit about everything um Dave Dombrowski came up Craig Kimbrell came up in that interview so let's pass you along to Evan Drellick now of EEI and part-time MLB network and then we'll come back on the other side and talk you know Dustin Pedroia and all the crap that's happened in the last week so further ado Evan Drellick all right Evan Drellick joins us here on the show uh EEI, as of late, the baseball corner sore that he is, uh, Evan Drellick. What's going on, my friend?
2: What's up, guys? How you doing?
0: <laughs> oh, you know, we're sitting here recording during Game 7 of the Bruins. I have Red Sox on my TV because that's how dedicated, I guess, we are with this team. Um As do I. <laughs> Evan, so I, I kind of want to start um because it's been a while since, you know, I've been able to have you on any show here to talk Red Sox, but... I want to know, and I think we should tell the people, is there any kind of pipeline job coming that you're going to get you back into Fenway? Cause I miss having you on the beat, my friend. Not going to lie.
1: We I need drought
2: time. I was at Fenway today for uh, MLB network, but that's not a full-time job. I, I think something is coming soon-ish, uh, but I, you know, it's a little premature for me to tell you what or, or where because I don't actually have that firmed up myself at this point. So, okay. um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's been it's been a long couple months, but uh, you know, bear with me. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be
0: nice We're to have working. you back in Fenway. Yeah, uh, from from one one fan of your work, I would say it was a big unjustification that. You yeah,
2: you know, do. I don't mind. I, it's Fenway in April, it's too cold. it's, cold. it's, it's chilly, you know, this, right? This, it's this cold. Could work out great. This it, could work it, out. It's so <laughs>
1: cold. It, it's it's beyond stupid how cold it is.
0: You know, it'd be good for you. It gets you get back in there right when like the dog days of summer hit. So then everyone only is going to pay attention to you guys.
2: Yeah, you know, I, like, we, we want the Bruins and the Celtics to succeed and all that. I don't care. I'm not from here. What does it matter to me? But <laughs> honestly, if, if their seasons end, like, we might actually care about the Red Sox prior to June. Yep. Which would be just interesting because it's been a while since I think that's happened.
0: Yeah. And it'd be nice though if, uh, the Red Sox team could play better by the time June rolls around. Um, okay. So you've been following the Red Sox. Obviously you're on EEI still. You're talking. You might be on there tonight doing post game stuff. So. I want to start off by just asking you what I think we've all been asking and Al and I have been talking about here is really, are you worried? Are you worried about the seam at all right now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You should be legitimately concerned because you're, you're seeing real issues get exposed. I think the starting pitching is going to come around, but you know, until it does when, when your formula is starting pitching and it's not there and you have a weakened bullpen and, and kind of a, a less proven bullpen. You're you're setting yourself up for trouble, you know. I mean, it, it, this has been a building, growing thing with the Red Sox, where they take these kind of risks and uh, they all pay off until they don't. And and you're seeing the flip side of some of it this year. And the other thing is, I was just looking this up for my own curiosity. there's slightly percentages, bottom third in baseball, might even be bottom uh, uh bottom. You know, six seven teams. Yeah, it's not good. Terrible.
0: Yeah, and, you know,
2: you're In terms of American League teams, I got it right in front of me. You've got only the Tigers, the Indians, and the Blue Jays entered Tuesday worse than the Red Sox. That's bad. You know, and, and you can have a cold month, but you, you you've seen over the last few years a lot of fluctuations offensively. So it there's a bunch of things coming together here that make you go uh it should make you a little uncomfortable you know they're not out of any race here but but if if you're going uh yeah no problem everything's great it's not exactly that either
1: well evan so i talked to you a couple of weeks ago and we talked about how chris sale was supposed to make red sox fans feel comfortable every fifth start and so far he hasn't really been uh the chris sale of old he was owned for with an 8.50 era coming into his start today Looked like he might have turned a corner against the Tigers, went five innings, had 10 strikeouts. My question for you, Evan, is do you think Chris Sale might have turned a corner that can help the Red Sox ultimately turn the season around a little bit?
2: I think every outing, truly for Chris Sale, you've seen some improvement you can point to. Uh, velocity climbed steadily for, you know, I'd say, three outings. You saw the slider start to come back. The last outing, the strikeouts were there, uh, now in the most recent one. So you're seeing positive things, but you know, if you want to be a cynical asshole like me, you go, well, that's wonderful. The season will start in a week and he'll be ready to go. It, you know, it's not his fault because they did put him on this plan and he did have a really taxing end of the year and he got hurt. Um, and he pitched through a lot of pain that people probably don't appreciate or talk about enough, but you know, these games count. I think sales going to be fine. I, I really do. I don't think they signed a guy to a nine figure contract that had that like serious shoulder damage. And if they did, you know, that's malpractice on their part. It's just a terrible decision. But I don't think they did. I think Sale would be a very good pitcher. It's just a matter of once that gets going, you go back and say, huh. Yep, could have used a win or two in April. This was not, you know, this was not well thought out, essentially.
0: Stay with the rotation for a second because um, injuries are happening and Nathan Navaldi's now on the shelf and, and he had surgery today and, and he's expected to be out you know six weeks and you know, that might be a generous timeline too, but he's had this injury before. Evan so I'm curious what your thoughts are in terms of just big picture. like if the Red Sox knew about this and they knew his injury injury history, dealt with this last season before he came to Boston, are you okay with them still signing him in this situation? Obviously we know he's going to get back on the field at some point and probably keep pitching, but big picture, why would you give a guy like this a contract when he has this kind of history?
2: You're talking, are you, are you talking about Evaldi? Yeah. I just got distracted because I was, I, I'm sitting on Twitter uh with you guys uh on the phone and uh, I just saw that Anderson Espinosa is going for Tommy John again, which I did not, uh, oh, good. I did not, <laughs> oh, not see that prior. Um, that's, that's really too bad for, for, for a kid like that. Um In any event of all the, Yeah. All right. So, so, you know, I talked to Evaldi's doctor, who's the Yankees team doctor back in, it uh, might have been November, and, uh, you know, the doctor gave him basically a rave review, you know, that, that it's as healthy as you're going to get for somebody in his uh, condition. And, you know, maybe Evaldi comes back from, from this, just like he did last time and pitches great. You know, it, it's certainly possible, but I would draw it into the big picture of the, the Red Sox MO here under Dombrowski has been spend, 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 bye, bye, bye. Straight ahead, straight ahead, straight ahead. If a guy looked good for me, I'm going to keep him, and, and that's it. You know, it, it doesn't. There's no real veering off of that. Uh You know, maybe maybe Kimbrel aside, and that seems to be an ownership situation going. You're you're done spending. Like like, sorry, we're not giving you more money. Um, so you know, how much of, of all these contracts was based on the playoffs? How much of it was based on regular season track record? In, in a in, like in isolation. I don't mind the Evaldi contract, just like I don't mind a lot of the other things they do, kind of as one-off or as even as you know a, a, a consistent effort. But if you if you take this thing into the big picture, and I swear I'm like the only person thinking this way, I, I feel like I'm I'm a crazy man on an island sometimes. There's a growing um danger, essentially. You know, I mean, these are gambles. You're gambling on a guy's elbow at that point. you're gambling um with really high stakes and and there's a pretty clear logic out there that tells you you know which gambles are safer than others and the Red Sox seem really comfortable these days taking some high risk gambles, and at some point um you you might lose a lot of money and uh time rebuilding and all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, how much does this have to play then just with them not having a farm system, really? Because, like, you look at it and go, would you have given both Chris Sale and Nathan Valdi contracts with these potential health issues if you knew you had someone to come up and take one of their spots is is the real issue, I think.
2: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, You know, Darwin's and Hernandez came up for the doubleheader. So we, they, they do have guys. They also just got ranked dead last by Baseball America in terms of a farm system, you know. Clearly what the Red Sox did last year worked. The question they face and need to face and are facing and have been facing is whether the way they've been going and kind of the philosophy of roster building is what is smartest and best going forward. You know, you kind of point back and say, well, we won. Uh, and I would say, yes, you did. And you got away with it a little bit, uh, <laughs> which is not which is not to detract. You know, because you can't tell an 108-win team you didn't deserve it. They deserved it. You know, that, that group of players deserved it. Uh Dabrowski hit the nail on the head with Pierce and, and Evaldi. How he knew that was going to work out, I don't even know if he did. I don't think he did. You know, I think it just worked out, and that's the way this goes. But in terms of what is the best planning route to go forward, they they got to they ask themselves some tough questions. Um you know, and probably for their own sake, for the organization's sake, sooner rather than later.
1: So, Evan, as far as the roster management goes, you said they have some decisions to make. So one of those decisions is potentially be adding a starting pitcher while Evaldi is not with the team and dealing with his injury. A couple of interesting options. You could talk about Gio Gonzalez, who just got released uh, from the Yankees. You can also talk about maybe Dallas Keuchel for a year. Maybe make a trade for Andrew Kaptner or Tyson Ross. So maybe talk about a couple of those options if there was something the Red Sox might do in that regard.
2: You know, I haven't specifically asked around about this yet, and and so I'll, I'll preface it with that. But but my my instinct on it would be whatever they they are in need of midseason, they will give up more prospects to get. You know, that was kind of the plan with the bullpen. Is look, well, let's see, let's let's roll the dice see if it works and if it does cool you know everything worked out for us last year why why won't this work out um and if it doesn't work out we'll give up a little bit more of the farm system and 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 i think they are so now pot committed and, and committed to, to, to the now that uh i i could see i could see a lobbying effort to go spend some more money but i don't know if it's there you know that that's kind of the, the question that um be a good, be a good question to get an answer to. You know, if, if, if Dave Dombrowski walks into John Henry's office and says, we need Dallas Keichel, you know, or, or we need Craig Kimbrel," Is that money going to appear? And, uh, I, I'm kind of skeptical it is. And, and I also think at some point you got to realize Dombrowski's playing for his job because he didn't get a contract extension. His manager did. Um, so if, even after a 108 win season, you know, there's kind of an open question about the future for for the GM, and then you you look at that and go, well, then what's his incentive to care about the future? You know, there is kind of a perverse thing with with GMs where where you you start to get very hyper focused on on um, saving your job. You know, I mean, and I'm not saying Nebraska is, but but you but you have to consider that in, in the realm of. In the range of of things you can see here, uh it's it's certainly not crazy.
0: Well, does I mean he has a history of that too, right? Like just to follow up on that, like he makes teams contenders or not, winning or not. Like he's right to look what he did with Detroit, and now they're miserable and they can't get out of their own way, and then he leaves. So what to say now? You know the well, he won his title here. If he doesn't get an extension, then he leaves this team in shambles in terms of the farm system at least. Um And now they're kind of stuck to figure it out. Yep. <laughs> um but so do you think let me ask you this then just dombrowski wise do you think he ends up being here long term or do you think he pulls no normal no, dombrowski I,
2: I, I don't i don't I, I think um i think the the industry is cognizant of what's going on here and and i believe internally there's you know i i did a pretty long story I think back in november um i sat down with sam kennedy and i didn't use the interview until november um but we sat down at the All-Star game last year with a long conversation about kind of the state of the franchise and the direction. You know, they know this kind of cliff is coming. And, and you could say, you know, let's say the rest, doesn't get an extension. You know, you could say in the end he did what you expected him to do, what you wanted him to do. They won a World Series. You know, I, I, I kind of fall back on the um, – baseball is a crapshoot in the playoffs and the best system you can have is one that kind of continually, or the the best approach is one that kind of gives you the most shots. That's really the the best way to go. Um, And, and I, and you could look back on this Red Sox group in a couple years and and it's possible you might say that window could have been larger under different management, but maybe if the window was longer, you never end up peaking the way they did. You know, who the hell knows? Um, but no, I, I don't I don't think uh I don't think he's the right visionary to kind of retool this team um in the coming years. So
1: Evan, let's talk about something a little more positive because it's a Red Sox podcast after all. We want to talk about happy things for the Red Sox, not just talk about gloom and doom. Uh, So one thing that has been a bright spot has obviously been the bullpen for the beginning part of the season. But lately, it seems like they're sort of going back to the old Red Sox last year, where they were kind of blowing games for starters, and not keeping the Red Sox in game. Are you a little bit worried about this bullpen, considering Brazier blew the game the other night against the Yankees? And then today against the Tigers, they kind of looked very, very bad again.
2: I thought we weren't doing the gloom and the doom.
0: (laughs) That's what I got from that. That was was gloom. Um, it,
1: it was sort of it was happy, but then I had to kind of get back to that gloom just a little. But for the most part it
2: was Yeah, you you miserable northeastern Boston folks. Um <laughs> Northeastern in terms of the regional, not the uh, school. Anyway, um Or the school.
0: Or the school too, it's fine. Damn, whatever.
2: Fine. Yeah, it's drunk. Um, the uh the bullpen is what you thought it was. It, it it's you know, it's funny, people, people start paying a little more attention once you have those clear game, like you have to have a blown lead essentially for people to, to start paying attention to the bullpen. You know, I would point to, uh, the, the first of the two games in New York when they're down four to nothing, sale starts, you know, doesn't have a great outing for sale, but it's only four to nothing. And then you have Erasmo Ramirez in the game. Why the hell in April and against, against a division rival when, um, you know, things are starting to pick up as a roster or Ramirez, the guy you're turning to because, uh, A, the bullpen has been really taxed so far and B, you don't have anybody you really trust outside of Barnes and Brazier. You know, Walden's emerging, Brewer's emerging, but you kind of got to save Brazier and Barnes for the games of the lead. And it's like, who do you, who's, who's your other guy, you know, or guys, you need multiple guys. So yeah, I mean, the depth is, is, the concern's always been there. It's been there since the winter. It's been there since last season. Um, I think I started a story at one point by saying, Oh, look, more bullpen talk because it, it is, it is literally the evergreen with, with this team. Um, and now you're seeing it play out. Are
0: you really surprised yeah, by that though? Because like, look at last year, like look at the playoffs. They had Evaldi and Porcello and all these guys doing the bullpen job.
2: Is that a plan is that a plan though like you know what i mean like is that a sustainable thing is that is that is that a, is that l- lucky like you know uh-huh. that's credit to the players and 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 kind of the group for formulating the plan to make that work but is that repeatable you know like like yeah, you, you uh, can I can have work saying, and not be be a reasonable plan going forward
0: with the bullpen I, I, one guy that I'm intrigued about because all we're hearing with Tyler Thornburg's name is literally yeah we, we think he's gonna be a big part of what he's doing blah 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 and then he hadn't pitched in like two weeks so like do you really think they believe in Tyler Thornburg I know we, we've seen him now a little bit but like they still keep preaching that he's part of this plan but they keep throwing out other guys who just aren't getting the job done Hembry included um why is it that we haven't seen him more if they really do believe he's part of that plan
2: yeah, I mean, they're, they're always going to say we believe in, you know, everybody. It's just, it's just the company line. We believe in this guy, we believe in that guy, and that is what we do. We are just big believers. Um, yeah, you know, and frankly, they're full of shit sometimes. When it comes to Thornburg, um I, I think you're seeing that there is something there, but not, not the old. You know, it's not, it is not the Tyler Thornburg they thought they were training for. And, uh, you know, it, it, I think it is fair to question how much Cora directly trust him at this point and maybe that grows you know managers throughout time have had guys that they don't look at as uh the most trustworthy necessarily but um to this point it seems pretty clear they're not kind of using thornburg in that uh you know intense way and uh, you know maybe that makes sense you know just kind of keep building him because he you know he's coming back from a, from a pretty long ordeal there uh physically
0: all right, Evan, one more question before I let you go. Um, One thing with this team I, I question is, is the bullpen? And I look at Craig Kimbrell, and he's still out there. Um, I know he has offers on the table, and Red Sox aren't probably going to bring him back. But like, is this team regretting that decision right now, to not pay Craig Kimbrell, to not have that bullpen arm? Um, even if it was a one- or two-year deal, especially with Dombrowski, who clearly doesn't care if he's going to be here past that time frame. They could use someone like that. Even Joe Kelly is another name that you'd look at and go, maybe they should have paid Joe Kelly. But Craig Kimball specifically, are they concerned, are they regretting that decision right now?
2: Are they missing him? Yeah. Um, you know, is, if the decision as it seems to be was, was about money, uh, which I guess it always is, right? Choice not to sign somebody, you know, um, is John Henry sitting there and going, you know what? I would pay that $30 million, or whatever the hell you want to calculate it as with the luxury tax or whatever it might be to so get Craig Kimball right now. Somehow I doubt it. Somehow I doubt that that the money is now something he, that he looks at as less prohibitive. Now, why is John Henry, owner of the entire city of Boston and, uh, you know, racing and soccer and all these things, why does it matter? It's You know, whatever. These are his finances. He gets to make this choice. I buy a lot of New Balance sneakers. He buys a lot of sports teams. He does what he wants. Um, if
0: only they were the same thing.
2: If only they were the same thing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> equally as pretty. Um, so, like, I'm sure they wish they had them. I, I, I feel like it's probably not the case at this point that they're sitting there going, "All right, thirty mil, we're in," or twenty five. You know, what, whatever that luxury tax calculation was. Jeff Passon at uh, a, yeah, yeah. at ESPN had it at one point. You know, just what what it would be if you're paying them. Um, you know, kind of a reasonable projected salary, but, um, yeah, from a baseball perspective, fuck yeah, you miss the guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I miss his beard. I miss it. As a guy who, I mean, I sat here on the, on couch guy last year and Nick qualia was trying to tell me that Nathan Valdi was going to be your next closer and I thought he was nuts, but, um, Craig Kimball should still be in this bullpen. It's something that this team might regret moving forward. All right. Evan, Evan, uh, EEI MLB network, TBD, full-time job announcement according to him. So stay tuned for uh, him. You can follow him on Twitter at Evan Drellick. Uh, he's been on the airwaves of DEI since he uh, left NBC Sports Boston. So check him out there. L- listen to your, uh, the, uh, solo experiment the other night. You did a hell of a job for a guy who usually only writes about baseball. <laughs> Great Thank job, you, man.
2: Appreciate that. Appreciate um, that. You keep up your fine work. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, Evan, appreciate we'll let you, love
0: it. Levin, we'll let you go. Uh, appreciate it. And, um, hopefully we'll talk to you down the line.
2: All right. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, Evan Drellick. Again, shout out to the man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, again, EEI, MLB network, part-time. Yes, I'm throwing part-time out there because he admits it's part-time. Um, <laughs> but hey, he hinted, hinted, I'm hoping, a little bit of hope that he's got a job in the near future. So when that team becomes relevant, who knows, but
1: I love Ellen. I, I, I love Evan Drellick. He's just such a great guest, so knowledgeable, picks his spots with the Red Sox, good and bad. But you know what? He's very fair. Made fun of me, but it's okay. I, I can accept that. But you know what? I just, I wish, I hope we have Evan on again down the line and hopefully the Red Sox will be in a much better state.
0: I'm hoping we're not talking to him about paint colors and God knows what in someone else's house. I'm glad we're, I'm hoping we have him on and not talk about his house decor and we can talk about Red Sox baseball. Because honestly, watching paint dry might be more satisfying than watching this Red Sox team if they continue down this trend. So again, shout out to Evan, uh, Drellick at Evandrellick on Twitter. Obviously he's a great do, do you see
1: me right now, Jared? Do you see me staring straight ahead, not even at the TV? Yes. That is me watching the paint tracks. because I can't watch this Red Sox team right yeah, now. It, it's, it's just a thing. It's, it's yeah. pretty bad.
0: And this these are two guys, me, me and Miguel here, who will watch the Red Sox until we literally croak. Um, and, and it's getting bad. So let's talk about some stuff that's going on this week before we kind of get out of here. Again, Evandrelic, good stuff. But there's other stuff to get to. Dustin Pedroia and Nathan evaldi the two injuries that have happened. We asked him about Nathan Ivaldi. So, Al, I kind of want your thoughts on the Evaldi situation, because I look at Evaldi and go, I'm not concerned about the contract. They would have, they wouldn't have given him the money if they didn't think he could just be fine. But like, is anyone actually surprised at the fact that he has this injury, had to have the surgery again, because it's the exact same thing he went to the night for last year?
1: I don't think anybody's really surprised by it. I wasn't surprised by it, because you know what? Injuries like that, they're bound to have setbacks, and obviously he just had another setback. Is it unfortunate that he's going to be out for about six weeks? Yes, because when he's on and he's in that rotation, people say that he has some of the best stuff in the entire MLB across the board. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as for you know the future and everything, I mean, it's not like they're losing Evaldi for the whole season. Like we said, six weeks, that's a month and a half. So you hope that in a sinu- in a situation similar to like Chris Sale last year, the rest of the starting rotation picks up the slack for Evaldi. Hopefully they can figure out what's going on in his arm. Or his elbow whatever it is and then they just go from there and then he comes back to being nasty nate
0: he removed the loose bodies in his right elbow whatever the fuck that means okay okay uh, i thought it was the elbow okay. do, do we know what loose bodies are i'm not a doctor uh, i don't think you are either
1: um i do not know i can probably ask and we can add it in the uh, comment section later but uh off the top of my head no no i don't okay
0: because i heard that and i was like what does that even mean don't no idea um there's something going on in his elbow they claimed to fix it he had surgery Like he did last year, and look what happened last year. He came out of it, he pitched well, and and he became a stud and a World Series legend. So maybe he does it again. Um, But they have to hope that this team does not fall too far out of contention, and now becomes the issue of what do you do until he comes back? Because you don't really have that many options. Hector Velasquez is supposed to be in the rotation for the time being, but do you really have faith in this rotation right now? I mean, they've all been good the last time around, and we'll get to Chris Hill. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit here, but... Overall, losing Nathan Valdi is tough because there's no one really there to back him up
1: right and the thing is too, and I said this last week on our first episode when he gave Valdi to the contract that he had, who else were you going to get in that free agency market? who are you going to get next year in the free agency market that can do anything close to what Ivaldi did for that Red Sox team last year? So the signings not the problem. The problem is is they took that gamble and like Evan Dr said in the interview, the Red Sox are a team that like to take gambles right now. And they took a gamble, and right now at this particular short-term period of time, they lost because obviously he's out right now. They lose the whole time, but they just lose his significance on the mound. Well, that's the problem
0: too, and we talked about it. and it came up with Drellick and the whole Dombrowski conversation is they put themselves in a tough spot. He got paid to win. That's why he's here, and he got a World Series. But now they have to sign these contracts and take the risk because they have no other choice. And that's the problem with right now is they don't have any other choice but to sign these high risk injury guys. Like I don't think Chris Sale was someone that really was risk. Un- like you're gonna sign Chris Sale. It's Chris Sale. But like Nathan Nivaldi, if you had a stud young guy in the ro- in the farm system that could be ready to go, you don't need to sign Nathan Nivaldi. You let him walk. You you got a rental out of him. You, he helped you win a World Series, and now you let the young guy come into the rotation. You don't necessarily need Nathan Nivaldi if your farm system isn't broken.
1: Well, let me ask you this, Jared. I'm going to ask you one little hypothetical here. We talked about this a little bit with Drellick when he was on with us. I think it was me that mentioned it. You have some names out there, Andrew Cash and Tyson Ross, uh, Gio Gonzalez. But one name that kind of sticks out to me is Dallas Keuchel. Don't forget, Keuchel won the Cy Young Award. He's proven that he can pitch in a decent market in Houston. Would you bring him on for a one-year deal to kind of, not necessarily replace, but kind of just, Bridge together the piece that was left behind by Evaldi's injury? I hope that's they don't because weird. it
0: would I hope they don't because it would really piss me off. Because if they're willing to pay Keichel but then said, Well, we're too cheap to give Kimbrel a year deal Especially now when he's still out there and he said he's willing to come down on money, like if you bring in Dallas Keuchel, why wouldn't you have just kept Kimbrel? Because I think I still think your bullpen's the pressing issue. Like coming into the year, your bullpen is still a problem. It never got fixed. It never did get fixed last year. That's the, that's the issue is that instead of going to get bullpen help, they trusted the bullpen and then ended up saying, "Nah, we're good. Let's just give it to uh, the the starters to close the game." Chris Sale closed the World Series. Nathan Valdi closed games. Rick Porcello pitched 8 innings of games. It wasn't the bullpen that did it. It was these guys who were starters in the rotation, and they had to rely on that all the way through. And that's the problem. So, I weird enough to say I know I don't want them to sign Dallas Keuchel because it would piss me off their their philosophy. But he all screwed up at that point.
1: Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I heard about part of that, and when you said Chris Sale and, and closing out, I had to I had to stop you right there because you know as well as I do the reason he came out and closed that game deserved to be on the mound and winning the game. For- Red box considering that he was the ace of the staff, considering that it was his moment, you, you can't use that as an example in my eyes. You, you just can't use it.
0: Okay, if you, if you scratch that off, though, I'm not going to, but even if you do scratch that off, you still have avaldi who had to pitch late in games that shouldn't have had to, like eighth inning situations, Rick Porcello came I in agree late with, game. I agree with that. Like, those things should not have happened if they just were smart and fixed the bullpen. Look how many, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, look how many relievers, though, Al, went off the board last year in the trade deadline. So many tr- relievers moved, and for like nothing. Like second round pick, third round pick, like you know, like little things that like the Red Sox can afford, and they didn't get anybody. Like as much as Zach Britton wasn't phenomenal for the Yankees, why wouldn't you go after Zach Britton? Like you wouldn't like. Yeah, I think they, did, but the
1: thing them. is, I think the thing is is they went after Zach Britton, but they just didn't have the package that the Yankees obviously offered for him. So the thing is, it's not like the Red Sox were just sitting on their asses and not trying to do anything. They were trying to make a move to bolster that bullpen. I think they also went after Pat Neshek too when he was in Philly and there were rumors of him getting traded. So it's not like they weren't trying to go out and get pieces. But but there were like
0: so many other relievers. And again, I apologize for not having the names in front of me because it was like, it was last year, but these guys were going out for like nothing whatsoever. You had relievers and it wasn't even just the big names. Like I understood the Britain one, like you said, because of the package and you didn't want to give an arm and a leg for him when you were in a world series spot. Like the Yankees were trying to play catch up. They were trying to catch you. And that's why they did that. Obviously didn't work, but you look at what the Red Sox could have done. There were other relievers that were good enough to fill a hole, at least for the rest of the year, that they didn't bring in. So this all stems back to that, and now the farm system isn't there. The best reliever you have in the system is Durbin Felbin, who I still believe is the future closer of this team. But is he really ready to come up here and make a roll right now? Absolutely not. No, he just, he, not just got, they ju- he just got into the system this year.
1: So, by the way, I got breaking news for you, so let's cue up the breaking news music. Pew, 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 breaking news, pew. There it is. I was looking forward to that the first time that was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> loose bodies are small fragments, small loose fragments of cartilage or bone. So Nathan Ivaldi has loose ligaments or bone going on in his elbow, so, so that's kind of gross. So they Thanks, went, Mom, for explaining that one to me.
0: So they went in and played, like... Uh, operation just pulled out little extra fragments out of his body and didn't hit the buzzer. So they won the game, and apparently they had successful surgery for oh. Nathan Evaldi is what
1: happened. The thing is he was still injured. No, they did hit the buzzer because it, obviously it didn't work. But they tried to pull it out. It's like, eh, eh, eh. Nope. Can't do it. Well, no,
0: this time it will because they they claim he had successful surgery and he's good to go. Last time, yeah, they hit the buzzer like a mother last year because he still was hurt. Okay, glad we're on the same page for operation. Good, 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 good. Good good. good childhood game. You have to be on the same page there. Okay. Yes, yes. Other injury to talk about. Dustin, freaking Pedroia, old man Petey over there. um, On the shelf again, had some knee soreness. They claim he claims it's not what happened last time and he's good to go and he should be back soon. Um, I'm so over it. Like – do we really care at this point? Like, honestly, if I'm the Red Sox and, and me looking outside of being the Red Sox, I'd rather just keep Chavis up here, Michael Chavis, keep him up here, let him be a platoon with Devers and these other guys, especially when Brock Holt comes back, right? Like, don't forget Brock Holt's on the shelf and he's coming back, and he can play second base. So, like, at this point, let the kid come up. He can rake. He's 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 learning it defensively, but now he can play third. He can play second. Nunez, Brock Holt. Leave the kid up here, let Pedroia retire, and let him be on his way. I'm done with this. I don't think Petey's gonna bring much to the plate anyway. Um, I don't even know how many hits he has right now. I'm gonna look up his stats as you rebuttal me right now, but like, it, I, I, I think he had 2 and 20 at bats, I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna double check that, cause I'm curious, but like, are, are, I don't get the point of this now, like, you put him back on the injured list, whatever that is now, and, what? Just retire, dude. Like We don't thank need you. you. Right? We
1: don't need thank you. Thank you, Jared Skelly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You took the word right out of my mouth. Pedroia, great Red Sox for a number of years. You won an MVP. You won Rookie of the Year. You won two World Series, technically three because he got a ring for last year. But you know what? It's time to retire. It's time to ride off into the sunset. You had a great career, but you're not going to be what you once were. Do us a favor. Please retire. Just leave. Let us be. If you want to be a coach or something in the organization, fine. But you know what? As a player, there's no more value anymore. Like you said, keep Chavis up. Keep Brock Holt. Keep Eduardo Nunez. You don't need Pedroia on this team to be successful. They proved that last year.
0: Dustin Pedroia has six games played, 21 played appearances, one run, two hits, uh, one RBI. That's what Dustin Pedroia has brought to the table um, in his six wow. six games. So. I look at what you brought. I mean, it's six games. Doubled what he did last year. Only played three games last year. So he's already double his 2018. You you look at Dustin Pedroia. I want him to be here as a coaching role because he's actually, and I don't know if any people really know this, but like Rafael Devers has really learned from Dustin Pedroia. Like Dustin Pedroia has taken Rafi under his wing for his footwork because we all know Devers' footwork was not great. Like he, he came up raw. Like last year, he wasn't great. Defensively, that's why he sat a lot of times last year too because he just couldn't play defense keep him up. Let him teach Michael Chavis how to play second base. I'm okay with that. But on the field, he's not giving you much anymore. He's not going to even if he comes back and tries to play because he's not what he was anymore. Retire, stay on the injured list for the season, get paid. You can still be with the team, be on the bench, and be a leader that way if you really think you're actually a leader. But just let somebody else take your spot long term and play the game because we have younger guys who can do it. I'm pretty confident in saying this, Al. Michael Chavis can Pretty much give you what Dustin Pedroia is going to give you at this point in his career,
1: and he can give you one thing that's better than Dustin Pedroia actually being healthy,
0: healthy energy, and he's got a lot more pop in his bat than Pedroia does at this point. So, oh my gosh, Michael, yes, his yes. First, okay. So that can we just talk about Michael Tavis for two seconds because I'd rather him stay up. The hit that he got um, was, that was, against, was Tampa, against Tampa.
1: Against Tampa, yeah. a missile. His that was a first career plate missile. appearance. His
0: first career plate appearance comes up, hits a piss rocket to center field. One hand. I love his swing, by the way. I love the one handed swing. It's a lost art in baseball. Not as many guys do it anymore. I think it's awesome, especially if you can control it and if it's your thing. I love the one handed swing. It looks pretty and he controls it. Like he's not, he's a really good hitter. Um, yes. That, that ball he hit right away. I'm like, great. This is, this is something that we need in this, in this organization for a while. And that ball that he hit today at Fenway, like, it was foul, but my but God, he hit it a long way. my God, it was in oh. Kenmore Square. Like- <laughs> well,
1: don't forget, Jared, too, the ball that he hit against Tampa, it had Kevin Kiermeyer in a legitimate pretzel, and Kevin Kiermaier... Or is a gold glove center fielder. It looked like he American was in like league. it looked like that's he was not, in one you know, of those like just,
0: indoor skydiving things, like where he's just like spinning around in a circle, <laughs> like that's what yeah. he looked like when he was playing or there. Or like a
1: merry-go-round and just twisting him around and around, and then all of a sudden he doesn't know where the hell he is. Or it was like, amazing to see. It almost
0: looked like it was like a drunk merry-go-round. Like that's how bad it was, like going around in circles. But then as <laughs> as the merry-go-rounds going in circles, he's also on his fake horse going around in circles. So it's like a double <laughs> double conundrum. Like that's that's what he looked like. So look, Michael Chavis is going to be on this team, and you basically. Basically, have a future of Rafael Devers at third, Sandoval gets at short, Michael Javis at second, and eventually, I think, I think you have a first baseman there waiting in the team as well as Sam Travis. So, I think you have a good core right there. First base, you can wait on Sam Travis if he's not ready because you can find a first baseman a Diamond Dozen to play the time. Like Mitch Moreland's fine, you know. Steve Pierce is here, so until Sam Travis is really ready, you don't need him up here. But you have a good young core to play center to play the infield. Now you just gotta figure out if you can pay everybody in the outfield.
1: Well also, don't forget too, in the infield, you're forgetting one key prospect. Uh, the kid they drafted last year, Tristan Cassis or whatever his name is, he's supposed to be good too. What position does he play? I believe he's a corner guy. He's, corner. he's a corner, he's a corner
0: guy, right? Okay, then maybe he plays first base. I don't know. Yeah,
1: with plus, with plus power too. Yeah,
0: so you're not getting rid of Devers. Like Devers is your third baseman. I think they're pretty set on that too. Um, so Rafi Scoops is your third baseman. Xander just signed long term and second base, I think, is Chavis is if he can earn it. So I I think that's going to be your future. But just watching this kid play already, I, I think it's a it's a lock that he's going to be your guy. Um all right, before we get out of here, I know you wanted to talk about Sale a little bit because he pitched again today against the Tigers and 10 strikeouts, not bad. He, he looked better. I think he's gotten better, Al, honestly, every start he's had. Um, and that's not to defend the guy because he know, he knows he sucked. He has sucked for the most part. But he got a lot more swings and misses today. He looked better. Today was not Chris Sale's fault. He earned no, the win. He earned all. he earned the win for the Red Sox in the one o'clock start of the doubleheader. Bullpen coughed it up, coughed it up. Um, and that's another topic for another day. But Chris Sale looked better today for sure.
1: Uh yeah, he looked a lot better. Five innings, ten strikeouts.
0: As Jared's going crazy. Bruins, Bruins, Bruins just scored. Bruins just scored. Let's go. Who, who
1: who scored, by the way? Uh Corrali?
0: Somebody Corrali? like that. Okay. I think so.
1: Yeah. So by the way, you figured it out, people that are listening to this. Jared and I were recording during game seven of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals with the Bruins and the Maple. We League. are dedicated but, to
0: you people. We are dedicated.
1: We love the Red Sox enough to record during a Bruins playoff game. Sorry, Mikey Grinnell. Anyways, Chris Sale. He's just, he's, he's a psycho. We've talked about it on the last episode. He's a psycho, but he's getting a feel for his pitches. He's starting to get a lot of swings and misses on his slider, seeing a lot of swings and misses on his fastball. And don't forget, some of those fastballs getting swings and misses on were left pretty much middle up. So to see that, and I know granted the Tigers aren't a great lineup. We know that they're like fourth in the American League Central right now, but they're still. Chris Sale is still coming back into form. I told Jared this last week or and in the pilot, don't worry about Chris Sale because he's going to come around. Jared pessimistically was like, oh, no, he's not going to come back. He sucks. He threw a wild pitch at home plate. Okay, <laughs> to be fair, he's that
0: going... wild pitch was like 30 feet to the right.
1: It was disgusting. I will give you that it was come disgusting. Off. I will give you like, that. I could
0: hit, hit the plate better than Chris Sale did.
1: Well, well let's let's not get carried away. Anyways, high school, Chris high Sale. High school star right here, man. High school lefty. Uh, uh, now I want to face you, but <laughs> that
0: might have Honestly, to be some, that might have to be some into the triangle video content.
1: a <laughs> promo right there. We gotta get that promo video up. But like I said, Chris Sales looked very good. He looked like the Chris Sale of old today. And a lot of people, I believe the announcers were saying it too. It's starting to look like the old Chris Sale. Could we, could, would we like to see him extend to start a little bit more than five innings? Obviously, yes. But you know what? It's a good start in the right direction. Now, if we can get him six, seven innings with a similar results and get a couple wins under his belt, then I really think we can say Chris Sale is officially back. You feel better? Got that off your chest? Um, hold on, let me check. Good. Yeah, I feel better. I'm good.
0: You good there, Pumpkin? Okay. All right, we'll leave it there. Into the Triangle Podcast. Right, thanks, Massive shout out to Evan Drulick, Uh, now, Thank you, now Evan. best friend of the show. Uh, EIMOB Network. Job to be named soon, according to him. So we'll keep an eye on his Twitter handle. I'm sure he'll announce that as soon as he can. But we all know we do miss him at Fenway for the most part. Um I miss you, Evan. We we miss you, Boo Boo. No, just kidding. Uh so oh look, here's the deal. <laughs> Red Sox need to figure their shit out. It's getting better. Yep. Until this double header. Uh so we'll see how they go. Now they're at home. Um, but it's getting there. So into the triangle podcast on Twitter is at Into the Triangle. Uh, we're getting up on iTunes. I don't know why it's taking so long apple figured out uh we're on spotify so go go listen to us there on the website at couchguysports.com as well uh with beautiful articles written by big al every time we drop a show so go check it out there um big al also writes for this to site so definitely go check out his written content as well as well as everybody else's the site is growing people stay with us it's growing
1: stay Numbers were great today go check it out with us
0: yeah our uh producer patty p of the uh couch guy sports podcast put up the numbers to the to the masses today and it's uh good stuff from couch guy sports so we're, we're we're putting out content we're getting there a lot of good stuff buy stuff from the merch store celebrate the show celebrate the uh celebrate the network you might see some show merch come soon so just stay tuned to the store mini breaking news i don't know we haven't done it yet so i'm just saying just keep an eye on the store go buy something while waiting around. all right we'll be back next week maybe another guest stay tuned um until then Big Al over there. Jared Scali over here. Uh, Into the Triangle podcast brought to you by Couch Guy Sports.